It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. VNR 2.0. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. (laughs) He asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes, everyone. Welcome back. We're doing it again. My name is Adam Sank. This is the Adam Sank Show. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this piece of shit. Uh, email me at adam and adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Tell your friends and family about this fabulous podcast. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was on Facebook and one of my friends had posted like, what podcast should I be listening to? And Ryan Frostig commented, Definitely Race Chaser. That's the best one. Wait, wait, what? Race did, Chaser. Did you really say that? Yeah. Rise fired. He can no longer come on the Thank show. Thank you. I comment. So I left a comment on his comment and I go, um. <laughs> and he goes, sorry, the Adam Sank show, of course. That's the kind of press that I need from Ryan and the rest of you. So help a bitch out. Um, today, you guys, we have a wonderful guest who will be very familiar to most of you because not only is she a fabulous singer, but she is the host of the I Love co-hostess of the I Love My Wife podcast that takes place right here in this very studio uh, in DNR Studio. She's part of the DNR family. She's known and loved by everyone. And Steele will be here today to promote her new album. Um, and I'm so thrilled. I've never actually met her in person that I remember. So I'm excited for that. But first, you know, it's, I work for both shows. I work for your yes, show and her show. And uh, we'll have to compare notes yeah I'm, I'm such a dr slut i work for everyone whose show <laughs> is harder to do jb I, I think i know the answer to this i actually know what no shade rob is because rob rob is more like a tv show on radio so it's constant it's more constant more constant cues rather than you because you, you're you're different you're everything has a place with him it's more sporadic so his has more production yeah i thought mine was going to be the most produced because these other shows, sometimes I don't think they even use sound, do they? No, not everyone. I use a lot of sound. Anyway, um, we'll have to talk to Anne about that. But first, it's time to welcome back everyone's favorite Facebook troll, my sister, Anna Sank Hazelman. Thank you. I am back. Anna, thank you for coming back. By the way, today is Saturday, January 19th. For those of you who are listening to the debut at 11 a.m. Eastern on adamsank.com, Anna, um, you uh, were met with great acclaim. The listeners loved you. Did they? The, mom texted you after the show, right? What did she say? She said, you said, you're not listening anymore, are you? And she said, I was listening, but I am not anymore. No, never again. Oh, never again. Why, why don't you just answer it? You need the answer. I thought you were going to read the text. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. My mother is not a fan of this podcast. Actually, nobody in my family listens regularly. But the sex is just... The it's too much stuff. sex for it's you? too much. We don't... Where you live in suburbia? There's... Yeah, but you you have a filthy mouth, as do your children, and yes. you talk about sexual things all the time. No, we don't. Like, we'll make a, a quick joke, but not go in depth about intercourse and butt sex. And, and booty hole licking? <laughs> you don't talk about booty hole licking? No, we don't. <laughs> we talk about all kinds of things on this show. It's not just about sex. Yeah, we talk about sexual health, mental health, a lot of Racism, things. homophobia, well, maybe transphobia. Maybe if I listen to the show, I would know that. Uh, yeah, girl, we, we, we have a variety show. But I do think <laughs> that uh, people are interested in sex. Uh, I'm interested in it, and, uh, and I think we should uh, demystify it. Okay. But our first story, you'll be happy to know, Anna, is not sexual in any way. Good. It is a lifestyle story, and I'm going to start with a question, which is, 
Anna lives in a suburban America, in a large home with many bedrooms. Do all of the beds in your homes have in your home have <laughs> top sheets? Uh, only the hus- the bed I sh- share with my husband. <laughs> That's the, husband. the only one with the yeah, top. Yeah, the sheet. boys and the girls' beds. When the, when the girls are home, they have top sheets, but the, my boys do not lay top sheets. And nor do your stepdaughters. No, they do. I'm pretty sure they, they have do. sheets. Yes. And your so your boys are not even millennials, right? They're post millennial, or are they still considered millennials? I don't know what they're considered. When were they born? 2003 and 2006. Does that make them millennials, Juby? Um, I think so. Yes, just on the core. Well. You said one one of them is because cutoff point is two thousand and four. Is that the cutoff? Yeah. All right. So I don't so. even know what that new generation is called. But mm-hmm. in any case, Me neither. The reason I'm bringing this up is because Town and Country published an article by a woman named Liz Krieger called "It's Time to Say Goodbye to Top Sheets for Good." This is probably the most attention Town has Town and Country has gotten mm-hmm. since the fifties. I didn't even think that magazine still existed, but I posted a link to this on the Ass Facebook page, and people freaked out. The why? reaction, the, I have no idea why this was so controversial and why so many people had opinions. I didn't, I mean, listen, I believe you should have a top sheet and a bottom sheet. That's how I was raised. That's how I make my bed. It's comfortable. If if you get hot, you can always take the blanket off you and just have the top sheet and it feels nice and you're covered, but you're not hot. I think it's certainly more sanitary. I'm not going to have just a blanket on top of me when I'm sweating all night. But you could wash a blanket too. Yeah, but most people don't. But apparently... Okay, so what's the top sheet before we get... <laughs> so this is JB's question yeah. because he literally did, did not know. Yeah, I don't know what top sheet is. And apparently... Have you a, ever bought sheets before? No. Okay, so... Where do your mother, sheets come from? It came from my mother. Because, okay, so guys, I have the same bed since I had oof, uh, for years. And when I moved out, my mom was homeless. And I got home. I was like, hey, I'm taking my furniture. And she's like, okay. So I took the bed and she was like, here's sheets that I don't use. And so now I have those sheets. But they were only contour sheets. Yeah, fitted sheets. But there's a couple of, of top sheets like you call them, but I, I do them <laughs> as light blankets or summer it's sheets. It's not what I call them. <laughs> I love summer it's sheets. It's what they're called. <laughs> so elegant. I understand. I so when you say summer sheets, JB, you mean that in the summertime you don't have a blanket and that's when you put Correct. what I call a top sheet yes. over your body. Because I uh, I guess I'm weird. I, no matter, I like to be covered. I guess I like to sleep like a, can, uh, I'm in a, can, a, a canoe. No, a cocoon. A cocoon. <laughs> Although you do have big feet like canoes. I do. Canoe. Yeah. Thank you. JB <laughs> sleeps in a canoe. Yeah. That'll be real. In cut. Far Rockaway. That would actually be very handy. You could row to work oh, and you wouldn't God. have to worry about the subway. Right on there, all I have to do is just walk a couple of blocks. <laughs> to the to the water. Well, no, so this is a thing, and Liz Krieger's argument is she says uh, the top sheet does not play well with others. It invariably ends up in a damp, dispirited wad toward the lower third of the bed, twisted around like a bad metaphor. Um, she says it adds time to the bed-making process. Um, and basically, <clears throat> she claims that she has a duvet. You know what that is, JB? Yes, is is that little thing in front of the bed. It doesn't go in front of the bed, right? No, a du- duvet is like a cover that goes over your comforter. Oh, okay. It's like a bag. That your comforter goes in and stop speaking French. People, <laughs> bonjour. And people who have duvets like them because you take the duvet off and wash it, and you don't have to wash the whole big bulky blanket. So she claims she washes her duvet regularly, and that's the same as washing sheets. Um, but she asked a, a woman named Suzanne Pollock, founder of the Charleston Academy of Domestic Pursuits, and her reaction to sleeping without a top sheet is, "quote That's just disgusting." subscribing to the belief that the primary function of the top sheet is to keep our own bodily filth from desecrating our blankets, quilts, or coverlets on a nightly basis. Hmm. Fascinating topic. I don't have a duvet, and I don't want my naked body, or anyone else's naked body for that matter, Mm. to be pressed up against my blanket all night. I want that that sheet to provide a barrier because I wash the sheets, I wash the, the mattress pad, I don't wash the blanket. Maybe twice a year I wash the blanket. Do you wash yours, Anna? Uh, Do you well, wash anything? I, <laughs> if there's a reason to wash the blanket, I will wash it. You know, sometimes Luna is muddy and she'll jump on my blanket. That's Anna's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Luna is the Rottweiler. Part Rottweiler. 
see, I wash my sheets all seasons because, again, I have a winter sheet and a summer sheet. You got to get the heavy sheet. So you wash your winter sheet during the summertime. And you wash summer sheet during the winter But times. were you part of the conversation we had once about Wait. how often you change your sheets? Yes, I was. And I like the, the bed sheet, I change it a, a month. Once a month. That's another thing millennials do. We change it on a weekly basis. That's what Phyllis taught us. I do it every two weeks. Oh, that's disgusting. But, and my boys are once a month. Oh, filthy. Yeah. Your boys are really filthy. <laughs> it depends during the summertime. I sweat more in the summertime, so I change it more often in the summertime. But, but wait, what's, what is the winter sheet for you? My Okay, like so flannel? winter sheet is like my thick... It's, I love it's, this blanket. It's like fur... It's uh, like a real nice first tiger. Is it a sheet or a blanket? It's a blanket. It's like a heavy comforter. It, so it, it goes on top me. of you. Yeah. Just I do like a, like a fur throw. Yeah. A fake fur throw. Ooh, yes, well, so nice. <laughs> there's one sheet company that says that nearly 40% of their customers only want a bottom sheet now, not a top. Um, and so sheet sets, which come with both a top and a bottom and two pillowcases, are sort of going the way of the dinosaur. And apparently this is how people have always done it in Europe. Most Europeans, they say, don't sleep with top sheets. But I say... And they're filthy. Filthy, disgusting people. I say top sheets are the way to go. If you've never tried one, you should definitely try it. It turned out that Ryan does not sleep with one at home and was really offended by all of the comments. <laughs> He's going to love this. Including Scott Hernandez's comment who said, why are we even t t asking this? Not sleeping with a top sheet is just disgusting. Hmm. And Ryan was deeply wounded. My my boys have like the total artificial comforter. What's it called? Like, so it's so easy to wash. Like a down alternative, or <laughs> you know, like fake kind of like a velour or a polyester. Yeah. And you just wash those. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like the feeling of sleeping with just a blank. But I think we've exhausted this topic yeah, now. We've been talking so. about it for Before like we twenty minutes. Um, and another topic that came up over the holidays that I uh, posted and got tremendous attention on was the edible anus. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a new company called Edible Anus that is here to make your dreams come true. And that is if your dream is eating a chocolate mold of your significant other's butthole. For the price of $38.95, Edible Anus will mail you five boxes of white milk and dark chocolate in the shape of a particular person's anus. Wait, you get to pick whose anus you want? I thought you'd get it. It's your own. What? <laughs> Confused. <laughs> what happens is they take a mold of an anus. Um, the, a mold is made of the client's nether regions uh, using dentist putty. Um, so basically, let's say uh, you wanted to a mold of guy's anus so that you could eat it in chocolate <laughs> as as i'm sure you do oh my God. you would apply this dental putty to his anus and then wait for it to harden into clay and send it back to the company and then weeks later they send you this set of chocolates which i have to say looks very classy it comes in like a really nice box and it's like beautifully arranged i know but the, then you see all the, the, the wrinkles all the wrinkles are it, it looks like a little wrinkly truffle terrible is what it is um i i think this is like absolutely disgusting i have no desire to eat a, a chocolate in the shape of an anus and when i saw this on facebook there was a picture of like a demented santa doing making the molds so i thought you go somewhere and a professional perverted santa no i think that would be a lot more than 38 dollars yes but um but this really uh went viral on the internet and um i think the company probably made a lot of money so good for them. But why wouldn't they try like lips? You know, someone's something or even a nose or an ear. Well, I'd I would think or because you got to eat the booty like groceries. No, or, or I don't want to eat that. Or a penis or a vagina. I mean, there's a lot of things that, I, that would come to mind before butthole. It's just filthy. Talk about filthy. I just also don't want to think of an asshole and chocolate going together. No. Because that just makes me think like I'm eating shit. Yes. And that is not appealing to me. No. <laughs> Do not get me that. Well, another story that another story that caught my eye back on December sixth. I wanted to do this story three weeks ago, but we don't always have time for it. And this is very important. A recent study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism finds that some common household products are shrinking men's penises. Uh, because they contain PFCs. Do you know what those are, Anna? Chemicals. 
yes, they're chemicals commonly found in the coating of nonstick cookware, waterproof clothing, and greaseproof fast food containers. PFCs are found in numerous household items, including cleaning products, cosmetics, glues, medicines, insecticides, and electronics. And researchers at the University of Padua in Italy measured the penises of 212 local men. I would like this job. <laughs> and compared them to the penises of 171 men who grew up elsewhere. Apparently, Padua is known for its high level of PFCs. Um, Wait they a second. If it's not the same person. How can you make a comparison? They're comparing populations, right? So they're looking at, at 212 men in Padua and then 171 men in this other know, place. But they should have done measure the penis before the exposure. Well, that would be a very long, longitudinal yes. study. But they found that the men from Padua had an average flaccid length of 3.9 inches. Um, I'm sorry, the men from elsewhere had a length of 3.9. The men from Padua had a length of 3.4, which is a significant difference. And so they suspect that the, the high level of PFCs in Padua has caused this. I'm convinced this is what happened to me growing really? up. Yeah, we had a lot of nonstick cookware <laughs> in mom's kitchen. And I think you it shrunk my penis. <laughs> you were huge when you were born. I think I was hung like a horse and now I'm hung like a cricket. Mm. And I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, another study in 2018 found that uh, some chemicals found in everyday plastics are making us infertile. Mm. Basically, chemicals are ruining our lives. They're bad. And plastic especially is so terrible. I saw this thing on 60 Minutes. Did you watch that story, Anna, about all the plastic that's in the ocean? It's so depressing. It's so depressing. Yeah, it kills and it, me. Ever since I watched it, I noticed that everything is plastic. Like my peanut butter jar, my water bottle, my toothbrush... Uh, the television, I just bought this giant widescreen television. It's mostly plastic. All that plastic is going to be around forever. Yeah. It never disintegrates. There's, there's, we have a huge problem. Huge problem. And, th and, and that's aside from the shrinking penises, which makes me very, very upset. It's another huge problem. It is. Well, now it's time for this week's Cocktails and Cock Talk story. Mm. And now, time for another stupid is story never ending. from Cocktails and Cock Talk. Dot com. Yeah, suck my cock. This is a website, Anna, called Cocktails and Cock Talk. That, uh, it, it's a gay website out of England, and I love it because it has tons of stupid stories that they basically just make up. Hmm. And this week's is about something called romanturbation. Can you guess what that is? No. <sighs> but I can see you are just cracking open with this. <laughs> romanturbation is when you plan a romantic evening for yourself... Oh. That ends in masturbation. Oh, turn that off. <laughs> it involves the lighting of candles, the scattering of rose petals, putting champagne on ice, and other romantic gestures um, that end with you pleasuring yourself. And apparently, according to Cocktails and Cock Talks made up story, this is happening <laughs> <laughs> in great numbers. Singletons may joke that the only thing they need from a man is a dick, but clearly they're missing intimacy too. So the masturbation sessions... Stop! <laughs> you don't like the sound? No, it's too much. <laughs> it goes on forever. One man said, I prefer one long session to a few little ones, so I light some candles, I have a little Prosecco. Um, one, a guy named Matt explains about how he'd read about self-dating in a breakup book he had read... Um, he said, it just helps. When I'm feeling a little down, I like to have a date night with myself, uh, but I always get horny halfway through, so it's a bit of a ritual. Cocktails and Cock Talk says, it's one thing, uh, it, the idea is to give oneself the things that you would get from a lover. Um, it's very sad. But it's a little awkward when you roll over and ask, was it good for you too? <laughs> I feel weird enough masturbating in front of lady. I feel like a lady. She like, judges you. She just lays on the foot of the bed looking at me like, what are you doing? And why is the bed shaking? It's Dr. weird doing Dogs these. Dogs could talk. It's weird doing these stories with my sister here. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> are you playing that again? We need like a wall. Anna is so not the target audience for the, any of these stories no. as we've established. Well, you're going to love the next one then. Okay. Uh, this next story was on QueerTea.com, and it was from our friend Daniel uh, Villarreal, who's been on the show. Daniel was the journalist from C from uh, Portland who did the story about the um, the uh, 
guy who injected silicone into his testicles oh, and later died. An amazing story. Horrible. Very sad story. Yeah. But this time, um, he's actually writing about <clears throat> an informal study of men who masturbate together. These are straight men. And, uh, or actu actually, it, it was of all men. It was a study of 87,000 bait world users. Bait world is apparently a masturbation-themed website. Good to know. <laughs> I'm learning so much. It's, uh, don't play this anymore. Oh, it's going to freak her out. It's known as, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's known as Facebook <laughs> for masturbators. And um, apparently 15 to 30% of Bait World's users identify as straight. So he asked, uh, he asked they, they asked him questions. And for the first question, 82% of the 565 respondents said that mutual masturbation between men is not gay. They did say that kissing another man and bec becoming emotionally involved with a male sex partner are very gay. Uh, but only 1% said that straight adult videos are their only focus of masturbating. So in other words, there's a lot of gay stuff going on between Yeah, but men. they're very separate. Because the um, porn, what people view, I, I don't think has anything to do with their sexuality. I think you can... I mean, it can or it can't. Yeah, but it can be all over the place. Absolutely. But men masturbating in front of each other... Or with each other or, or jerking each other off. That's gay. And you've, I know you've talked to my husband about this, thinking that somewhere along the line, he must have had some I still of, believe he did. No, he did not. Never. Anna, I mean... <laughs> he J wouldn't lie. JB He's will attest to this. When you're like a horny teenage boy and you're sleeping over at your friend's house... You're, you're so, both of you are so obsessed with sex, you're not getting any because, you know, 13-year-old girls are not into sex for the most part. Maybe they are now, but they weren't when I was growing up. And so, like, you look at Playboy or you watch straight porn together, and it, more often than not, you wind up jerking off together. And if your friend is me... <laughs> <laughs> or JB, oh, then or G definitely JB, you was ending up with a blowjob. But were you? So you did that with straight teenagers? With straight guy, oh, I was sucking a lot of straight dick, girl. I was really. Who, first of all, I never gave a hand job. Okay, what what is a hand? Yeah, job? we don't like hand jobs. Yeah, on this show. I don't do jerking off. Like if a dick's in front of me, I'm putting it in my mouth. I'm uh, putting it, putting it in my mouth. Good sucking to know. It on. Yeah, like how dare you? How dare you put it on porn and think you're not gonna get your dick sucked? Like that that was happening to me in my childhood. And I, there was no, were there some straight boys who were like, oh, get there off were me, tons, man. No, no. Yeah. There were there 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 was no get off. They would start it. They'd be like, Hey, so you wanna do something? I was like, What's this something you wanna do? They I would mean, they would initiate it. Yeah. Because and that, I'm and that you too have? I'm a very comfortable gay guy to be around according to straight people and they feel comfortable around me. So, My experience but, was different. I was very much the initiator and the aggressor and what would ha I? I was like such a little sexual predator. I would plot. <laughs> I would pick Be out. Careful a what you say. I know. I mean, I was the same age as they were, so yeah. it's, it wasn't illegal. But I would spot someone that I was attracted to, and I would. And some of this was unconscious. I didn't. I wasn't like literally sitting down and plotting. But I, looking yeah. back, I know what I was doing. Right. I would become friends with them. I would befriend them, and I would try very hard to get them to spend the night. Oh yeah, that's step one. Step one is friendship. <laughs> Step one is always friendship. <laughs> Once they were spending the night, then it was a matter of like introducing sex into the conversation, watching a video, Step two, sleep talking over. about sex. In, in your bedroom. Yeah. Yep. And one Which I, is right next door to mom and dad's bedroom. Oh, please. So much went on oh. that they didn't know about. And Trixie witnessed a lot of it, our childhood dog. She, she never told. Um, but we, so, you know, and then when I got to be like 14, 15, 16, now you introduce alcohol into it. We would go down, raid mom and dad's liquor cabinet. We would do shots of Harvey's Bristol cream or whatever <laughs> shit they had that, that they never touched, you know, that they wouldn't miss. Schnapps. Um, at, when I got older, marijuana was added to it. So now you have a, like a, I mean, this was essentially rape. You had a, a <laughs> oh my God. you had a drunk, stoned, horny teenage boy. Two drunk, stoned, horny teenage boys, but one of whom had an agenda. And uh, it didn't happen every time, mm -hmm. but very often we would wind up mutual masturbation or I would blow them. Or in one case, with one particular boy, it was mutual oral every weekend for like a couple of years. Wow. And he's and straight. He is, is now 100% straight, married with kids. 
Wow. Yeah. Who occasionally sucks penis once in a while. Well, I have my <laughs> doubts about him. But mm. for the most part, I would say they're all but heterosexual. This, what, but, but my husband has no reason to lie. And I've asked him extensively, and you've asked him. He's never. This, I think this some never straight happened. guys. Because your husband was a very attractive athlete. Oh, and wait, I, what kind I, of athlete? Everything. He was a soccer player, baseball, and basketball. Don't you think? <laughs> don't you think, JB, that at some okay, point so one of his teammates did something? I would suck in high school were football, soccer players, and handball players. Wow. I mean, maybe he missed the signs that, that someone was making a pass at him. It's but, true. I mean, listen, if I over... if I felt at any point like they were not receptive, or that they were like getting angry, I would completely shut down and back away. Okay. Like I, I, my survival was paramount, and I didn't well, want it to get out. Here's what's really fucked up, though. And I'm going to use their names because I didn't fool around with either of them. Do you remember uh, my friend Matt Anzaldi? Mm-hmm. And you remember he had a friend named Josh? Well, so wait, was Josh also in the school? Yeah. Yeah, I think I We were like both very oh, close friends with is. Matt. Josh with the big eyes. Yeah. I'm not going to say his last name. Oh, God. So I had a sleepover with them at Josh's house once. And Josh always hated me. He was always really jealous of my friendship with Matt and about, uh, no, no, not him, other Josh. (laughs) And he, you know, we both did musical theater and I was always getting the leads and he would always get like the side part and just was, he hated me. He told people that during the sleepover, I got up in the middle of the night and grabbed his dick. Not only was that a complete lie. But if I were going to grab either of their dicks, it would have been Matt's. Matt was super hot. Yeah, this offended you. Josh was a troll. I didn't do it. I know, but you... I didn't do anything with either of them either. I knew that... First of all, I was too close with them. I I could only do it with guys that I, you know, didn't really care about losing as friends. (laughs) At that (laughs) age, you had to choose between friendship and second dick. And sometimes that line would blur and you will just like... Yeah, because once it happened, they would get weird. Yeah. Once it happened, Girl, they would they would very often a gay man. they yeah. you know people didn't like hate me or like spread any rumors about me. Thank God, but they just would like never sleep over again. A lot of right. times, so, that, so wait, did that end your friendship with that? Job? I was furious yeah. because I was like, for once, I didn't do anything, and he's yeah. spreading. But he knows I'm gay because everyone did, and he's like spreading this very hurtful, malicious rumor about me, and which makes him look desirable, which he wasn't, mm. and which makes me look like a predator. Which I was, exactly. but not in that <laughs> instance. You were so wronged. I do have a lot of re- regret, though, because looking back, um, especially in the whole Me Too era, and I'm a lot more woke about the whole thing. Like, I can see where they prop. Some of those guys probably made choices uh, with me that they now regret mm. and have bad memories of. And so, I'm not saying guy is lying. I'm saying if something like this happened, he may just have totally repressed it. Because it is very confusing, I think, if you're a straight boy, to do something with another boy. I don't think you know what to do with that in your... Like, I had issues with it. I didn't know what to do with it because I wasn't even identifying myself as gay. It's just I hear um, from you and a lot of gay people how prevalent this this was. Yes. Then I hear from so many straight people, like me included, that these encounters didn't happen. You never had a woman hit on you? Uh, Yes, but... Yeah, but it was... Then I said, nope. No thanks. What was the context? Was it was at your show. I went to one of your gay shows in the Catskills, and they were all hitting on me. There was no one else there except <laughs> gay men and gay women. Well, how are they hitting on you? Oh, they would be like, you know, come back to my room or really You're pretty. Let me buy you a drink, and I'd be like, oh, I'm so flattered, but no. I didn't know that happened. Yes. Oh, right. That's interesting. Mm. But no, but no one ever like no woman ever like grabbed you. No. I don't think women are like that. No. They're not physical that way. I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there are some, but not to me. But what I'm saying is, Anna, you probably had women, like friends of yours growing up, who were sending you signals, but you just were so oblivious and not receptive to it that you, you didn't even notice it. Maybe. And maybe that's the same for my husband. Yeah. I'm sure at some point, Guy had a friend that wanted to oh, do something I keep something saying my husband. <laughs> You're just calling him Guy, so it doesn't matter. We can't name him? No, of course we can, but I was kind of protecting him a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do anything, so he's uh, he's in the clear here. And plastics have not affected his size. Well, oh my goodness, my goodness, look at this. She's he, all bored now. He, she's okay talking about that because he brags about it constantly. He loves to talk about his big penis. Clearly not related to me by blood, only by marriage. Um, all right. Well, 
<clears throat> here's another cocktails and cocktail story. We don't have to play the bumper though. Um, and this caught my eye because I actually think it's a really good idea. Beginning this year, 2019, uh, the British government will no longer allow anyone under 18 to view online porn. I think that's good. You do. Mm -hmm. I do too. This comes in the wake of Tumblr's ban on porn. You know that Tumblr recently banned all porn. Which breaks my heart because there's a <laughs> lot of people who do have OnlyFans and that's where I watch their free stuff. So now I can't watch their free stuff. It's going to be the end of Tumblr. It's just so many kids get addicted. But the British, inter uh, British internet will ban porn altogether for those under 18 without a valid ID, such as a credit card, driver's license, or age verification card. Um, oh, wait. And then Cocktails and Cock Talk says, we can't wait until 2025 when we've all got chastity belts on. Apparently, they are very angry about this. But the truth is, children, young children, are now able to just go online and view hardcore pornography. Or go on Grindr and talk to people like, that is not okay. A 16-year-old boy kindly hit me up. I was like, no, 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 I am not going to jail. You get out of my inbox. Yeah, and, and aside from that, games. aside from risking being the victim of sexual abuse or, or a predator, I don't think a 13-year-old's brain or an 11-year-old's brain is developed enough to even... This, this happened with Leo. Digest porn with your son? Mm -hmm. he, he was eight, and he came into our room late one night and was sobbing. And it had happened like weeks before, but he, he, it just couldn't, he couldn't get it out of his mind. And he we, found it on his own or someone it showed it to him? He found it on his little iPad. He, I don't know what he looked under, but it was... Um, men and women w wearing masks, like bunny masks oh, and no. fox masks, and they were like hopping around the woods. Oh no, he watched furries. And then he, <laughs> but the bottoms were normal. And then he, the man carries the woman into a castle and then engages in oral sex, and it completely freaked him out. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think the adolescent brain or the child's brain is is able to to even understand what's going on. I think it. You know, they might be titillated by it and they might start masturbating to it, but they're not ready yet. And I know when I was 13, 14, 15, like I had to work really hard to find porn. Mm -hmm. And when I did find it, it was like a videotape or a magazine. It wasn't this constant barrage of new hardcore. images, hardcore and images. And they expect that to be sex. That's what sex is when you grow up, I guess. That's and it, right. And it's not. And there's a great um, TED Talk that I've mentioned before on the air called... Um, uh, oh my God, I just forgot the name of it. The Great Porn Experiment. I recommend everybody watch this. And it's a guy basically talking about the science of porn, what porn does to your brain, mm -hmm. and about the fact that there is an entire generation of young men now who <clears throat> basically can't perform sexually. Yeah. Their whole idea of what sex is is completely warped by pornography right and it changes like biologically how they perform they can't do it right and yeah. because they're constantly being presented with novel images you know you can watch a new scene of porn every day of your life and never run out of scenes that's right. how many there are now so when you're with a real woman or a real man a real partner there's Boring. no way your brain can be stimulated enough so these guys can't get hard yep and a lot of them have now started what the reason it's called the great porn experiment is they've tr they're trying to no longer watch porn or masturbate um now i've given up the porn but i'm not ready to give up the masturbation it's just I've it's also too much given fun up porn. have you given it up yeah like i've only again like i mentioned i've only watching i guess the, the real people with their only fans do it but i don't consider that porn that's that's them making their career in life and they're making their changes so i feel like i'm more like a spy on their lives, on their sexual lives. It's not easy to give it up, I have to say, having watched it my whole life, but I feel like it is making my life better. I think it's just, it's too much a, stimuli. It's too overwhelming. Everything in your head is so much better than what you can get outside your head. Eventually. I mean, I had to, basically I had to learn how to jerk off like a teenager again, where I could, where I could only use my fantasies. And well, that sounds like you were very good at it then. I have succeeded. <laughs> yes, I was great at it then with myself and my friends. Um, all right. On that note, <laughs> what a great segue. Our I guest mean, <laughs> hi. Hi. Our guest today is a multi-award winning singer, songwriter, and recording artist. She also happens to be the co-host of the I Love My Wife podcast, which is part of the DNR Studios family. She just released her second album, Made Out of Stars. Take a listen to Anne Steele singing one of the tracks off that album. It's called Obsessed. You make them cool.
And please give a warm ass welcome to Ann Steele. Hi. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Ooh, applause. This is like a reunion, I understand, for you and, and Kelly and JB. Kelly's in the studio, too. Yes, she is. Hi. She's, she's playing the silent partner she today. Is. She is. Ann. Welcome. Thank you. Finally, we've I have you on to my meet show. For a long time. I know it's so weird that we're both in the studio all the time and we've never uh, crossed paths. Well, you're usually here on weekends. Yes, Saturday and, is my day. Yeah, so we are Thursdays. So um, we don't. We live in New Jersey, so we don't really come in on weekends. We're in Jersey, except for this weekend. Um, Ramsey. Okay, like An- North. this is my sister Anna, by the way. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. Nice, nice to meet you. She and I are from Summit, and Anna okay. still lives there. So we're, okay. we're Jersey girls ourselves. Okay, fine. <laughs> we are new Jersey girls, relatively new. Mm-hmm. We uh, moved there a couple years ago for schools. and um, Schools we will, for your kids. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the kids. And we will probably leave when they graduate. <laughs> but we like we love it. love it that much, huh? <laughs> we like it. It's good. It's a great place for them. They're very happy. So I guess it was a decent place to grow up. I mean, yeah. if I hadn't been gay, yeah, uh-huh. some, right. some it would have been a great town. <laughs> Might have changed. Although, as we just discussed, it didn't stop me from having lots of sex. Oh, yeah, well, I mean. As a teenager. Correct. Um, Same. And I grew up in Indiana, so. There you go. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> and you, I feel like, are one of those rare artists that appeals to both gay men and lesbians and straight people. I feel like you've got crossover appeal. Uh, yes. I would say I appeal more to gay men and straight people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why don't the lesbians like The lesbians like me, but I'm not like sort of... Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, be too, um, you know typecasting of, of, of lesbian artists but I'm not I just I don't like I, I feel like there's a lot of like guitars and stuff like that and I have people that play guitar for me <laughs> I just don't play it you're not a Lilith, Lilith Fair girl no, you're I not don't an Ani DeFranco so. no I'm much more of like a, a dance music sort of you know Atlantis Cruise that kind of vibe right? yes now you mm-hmm. have done I mean countless Atlantis Cruises Lots. right and RSVP and this is the uh, the gay cruise charter company yes um atlantis and rsvp they're owned by the same people and it's just like basically five thousand gay men and yeah. two lesbians correct one of whom is Anne. well yeah there'll be like <laughs> the other whom is kelly there'll be like five lesbians and then like four straight girls that come on with their gay guys what? or or people that are performing also when did you start doing those um i want to say i started in uh, i'm looking at my wife because she knows all the details uh probably like i probably like six years ago seven years ago and when you did your first cruise <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw, when you were faced with the throng of well, penis okay so here's the truth i had done a lot of our family vacations cruises so i've done full gay charters but it's families the company that kelly owns my wife owns a company called our family vacations that is lgbt family travel mm-hmm. and and friends and is, family is rosie still involved no okay so rosie o'donnell and kelly yeah, i remember that created that together That's yes cool. no Actually, oh. Kelly and her business partner, Greg, created it together. She was just part of it. Okay. Correct. Yes. But, but Rosie was associated with it yes, for a while. Yes, for sure. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so Kelly and Greg now own it completely. They've always owned it on their own, but they, right. they own it. Yeah. And it's for, for gay couples with and without children. Yes. It's a very different vibe from right, Atlantis. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I had been on full charters with gay, lots of gay people, um, but it's much more family. Um, now, certainly at night, don't get it twisted in the in the... You know, the bar, there's a point when all the ladies leave and all the men are there still hanging out. Dads are, guys are still guys. Do you know uh-huh, what I mean? Yeah. Like the kids are Pigs. in kids club or they're in bed, mm-hmm. like whatever. I'm just saying, it's still a part of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, the first time I went on an Atlantis cruise, it was the Kelly could not go. And it, I guess it was like 2011 or something like that. Anyway, and, um, and so I was there by myself with a couple other lesbians were there that were on like team. And um, and so I was like hanging with them. I'm like, oh my God, you guys, what's happening? You know, and I had my musical director, Nate, there. And so he was like, oh my gosh, we're doing this together. And um, it was crazy. It's crazy. It's really fun. I mean, do you remember the first time you saw a blowjob happening right in front of you? What? Absolutely. They do it on the deck? Oh, everywhere. Well, okay. Aren't there rules? <laughs> there's, there's an... Okay. I will never forget the first dance party I went to. I was like, I'm resting my voice, so I can't really be in it. So I'm going to be above. So I was like on the upper balcony standing, looking over the dance floor. Uh, you were on the TikTok. No, no, no. I wasn't there. I went there another day. I went there another day. But I, I'm just saying, I was standing above the dance party, and it was the glow party. So everyone was 
had light up costumes on. Yes. And, and these two unicorns came out <laughs> and they entered and they were like, one was blue and one was pink. And they had these flowing manes that were lit. And it was Fabulous. the most beautiful thing. And I was like, everybody watch the unicorns. So I was getting all the people I was standing with to watch them <laughs> as they entered. And then they got up onto the <laughs> hot tub and then they started fully having some sort of situation with another random person. Wait, and I was wait, like, what, what is the unicorn? They were in unicorn costumes. They were costumes. just in costumes. Oh, okay. They were yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not, like, it's not like... Anna's a, like, are like, there like, actual unicorns? Like, like, are there horses? Like a gay term. No. <laughs> no. They were dressed well, up in costumes. maybe they were horses. I mean, eventually they were. Certainly. So they, they, they got on top of the thing and then they started having this whole situation and I was like what am I watching? What am I watching? Yeah, yeah. And then I sort of, I was like, I have to leave. So I just left. And then the next night I was in my show and I was like, okay, you guys, I had my first experience and these two unicorns came out and they were like, we're here. And they were in the front oh row my of my show. And I was like, awkward. Here we are. I was Nay. Gonna, I was going to say something crazy about a threesome that I just saw. And then they were like, yes, we did that. But were you totally, sh- like, were you disgusted? Were you no, shocked? No, no. Did you I, continue watching? I wasn't. No, I, I literally. I did watched, you take video? I Can I like see it? I watched three seconds. And I was like, I think I have to go. I think I'm, this is enough. So then two nights later, everyone was like, well, you have to go up to the dick deck. It's a thing. You have to go. And I was like, do well, I? Anna, the dick deck is, uh, so they're. <laughs> Translation. Usually, yes. the twelfth floor is where the dance floor is, and that's like where the pools are. It's the main deck. Mm-hmm. Then you go up two levels to the very tippy top, where like passengers don't usually go. Yeah. That's like where you can walk to the very front of the ship to the point mm-hmm. and do the Leonardo DiCaprio thing. Mm-hmm. And that's called the dick deck because late at night and well into the morning, guys are just up there fully doing, fully it. blowing each other. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more than blowing. Captain I have Stooping never been there myself. Be okay. Of course. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know a lot about it. I, I've heard about these things. I've never... Okay. And there's no one saying, please don't do that, sir. Well, certainly they are saying that, but yeah, they the crew, The Atlantis crew, uh, I mean, it's not the Atlantis crew. It's like whatever cruise line they're using, right. Norwegian or Celebrity, they don't want this going on no but, also, but they also understand that the, you got 4,000 gay men right it's gonna happen okay also the Atlantis does not sort of create the space like it just shows up right and, and it's not something that they set up it just right they don't just there's not a sign out. that says this way to the dick dog right no these okay. happen spontaneously so the one that I went to the one time I went it was on the it was the basketball court Right, mm-hmm. and it, the ir- the thing is, they also have to have like pitch black, so they have to make them turn all all the lights. So on the basketball court at night, there's no lights. So I walked up and I was like, <laughs> and there's a performer named Matt Yee who's always on oh yeah, cruise, right. So Matt was standing there and he's like, lesbian approaching, and starts yelling, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, no, <laughs> and everyone was begging me to go and get into a circle and and then have everybody pretend like. So you wait, see these wait, okay, do so there's, what? there are these circles. <laughs> so like everyone's standing around in a circle. Yeah. So basically you walk up and there's something going on in the middle and everyone's kind of watching. Right, so, a lot of it's spectator sport. Right, not everyone's doing stuff. So like people are just standing there watching and everyone was begging me to go up and have them stand around me and then when people start to approach I just pop out and sing like the note oh. from 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 uh, from Define Gravity go ah and like and everyone would be like <laughs> and I'd be like funny. and I'd say like I have a show this Saturday in the Queens Lounge you know what I mean and I was like I'm not doing that that's horrifying <laughs> they were like bring a piano up there yeah they're like please go promote your show on the dick deck and I was like absolutely not however i did go and i saw it's really really dark (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't ever get in the hot tub it's actually dangerous up there because it's pitch black and it's windy and it's often wet yeah so people could you feasibly be swept off into the ocean certainly however i I have tripped over a chair and really (laughs) injured myself well that's what they had on the basketball court because there was nothing right it's just empty space Mm -hmm. so i was just standing far far away and it's very dark so i didn't really see all that much but you could certainly see motion and then I was just like, I think I had to go. Like, I think I've seen enough. I don't really need to see it. Like, I just had to say that I went. Are there total I think that was your line for the cruise. Yes, there's a that Olivia. That better. That would be better. Than yeah, Olivia. I think you would have more fun on those, Anna. Yes. Although, there's, like, Olivia Cruises, the, uh, they're amazing. The, the women, um, Kelly does a trip. Our Family Vacations does a group trip with Olivia. And it's for families, friends and family. And, you know, and they've kind of combined to do a trip, one trip a year together. And that's really great. We met a lot of the people from Olivia and they're awesome mm-hmm. and we have a lot of crossover entertainers a lot of lesbian comics that do both of mm-hmm. their trips so that's really fun I've never done an Olivia cruise per se I've just done the group the combined and situation. which deck is the vagina deck <laughs> on the Olivia cruise I'm going to tell you something women would die they would kill each other <laughs> if there was a vagina deck 
Because of what? Because of jealousy? jealousy. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? they're very like. It's I can't different. even imagine they'd be like, "Are you looking at her? Are you looking at her? Are you looking? Look at me. Look, oh, don't look at me." Different. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Maybe I'll tell you a, a quick story about the closet. Oh my God, Anna! Wow. What wow. is wrong? This is Anna. This is. Wait, are you? This is. We your come from the sister? same family. Oh yeah, she's this is straight. so amazing. The, the Quit the Closet. Quit Closet. I'm just trying to think. What could We're going to start a new weekly segment <laughs> called the Quit Closet. Hashtag um, Quit Closet. Exactly. Wow. So, <laughs> when we post about this, I'm going to hashtag Quit Closet. That has to happen. Okay. I, I will tell you. Don't let me forget that, Kelly. I'll tell you a quick story about our family cruises, because uh, I have. Two friends, Michael and Ethan, they've been on this show. They're the vegan Moes. They're like vegan activists. And they're very uh, monogamous. Like they go on the Atlantis cruises, but they only have sex with each other. Yeah. Uh, friends of theirs, this was many years ago, got them a trip on the Our Family Cruise as a gift. Okay. And they went and they both like to wear Speedos. Okay. A lot. Mm-hmm. And apparently some of the women on the Our Family Cruise complained <laughs> to who, whomever that they did not want to see that much penis. <laughs> and that night, Rosie got on stage and basically shamed them and mm. was like, guys, put the banana hammocks away. We don't need to see them. And they were so angry and they <laughs> vowed to never return to an Our to Family. To never return. So, well, there's no one going to shame them anymore. We have plenty of uh, Speedos are hammocks. welcome. Kelly is not. are welcome. Our, our friend John... Our friend John often wears a Speedo on an Our Family vacation. It's fine. I would yeah, never wear a Speedo just because when I wear one, it looks like I'm trans. There's no bulge. <laughs> you got to stop with that. There's nothing happening stop in the front. It, it does not. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm a grower, not a shower. Oh, my goodness. So let's talk about your music. Okay. And in, the, in, the, in the remaining minute. Now, um, Made Out of Stars is your second album. Yes. Tell us about the, the making of it. What went into this? Okay, well, this is a, a brand new sort of sound for me. Um, my last EP I wrote here with my good friend uh, Eric James, and it's called What's Mine. It came out in 2015, and that was the first time I ever wrote music. Um, so it was new, and we, we really, I, I'm very proud of that album. But this one is, you know, growth, a lot of growth. We're like next level with this one. We went to um, L.A. to do it, and I worked with a guy named uh, Nash Overstreet, who's from Hot Shell Ray. He was a guest on our show. And um, a songwriter, an artist named Shane Stevens, who has, you know, wrote uh, American Honey, uh, number one hit. Like, he's just an amazing songwriter. And so working with those two in L.A., with with a very contemporary uh, modern dance vibe on a lot of the stuff. Um, I'm just super proud of where it is now. And also my writing has grown so much. Um, the first one was very, um, I was so new and I was so sort of internal about stuff. And now I've, I've learned to sort of put myself out there more. It becomes cathartic, yeah. the songwriting. It's amazing. And so I would go in, to, we, we did the whole thing in four days in LA, the entire wow. thing. So and we wrote the entire thing. There's, there's one song called I Miss Those Days that I wrote with a guy named James Farrell in Nashville. So that's different. That was about losing a friend that um, died suddenly and it was about kind of looking back and um, reflecting on uh, relationships that you kind of let go in your life and um, how it's important to stay connected and just being connected on Facebook does not mean you're connected right you know and to always reach out to people and you never know when someone's going to be gone mm. so that's kind of a um, the song I miss those days is on on the EP and that was separate but everything else we wrote in um, in LA we got there the first day we went into the studio we wrote the first we wrote um, I think we were obsessed. I can't remember whether it's love somebody or obsessed, but we wrote it that right then. Then we immediately recorded it. Then we took a break and then we wrote the next song and immediately recorded it. I'd be so scared to like record a yeah. joke that I just wrote. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'd be like, this well, isn't ready yet. Well, I was like, what if I don't know it? Like we just wrote it. Like I don't, I don't even know the melody yet. Right. So he was just like, let's just, the, the way they wrote too was so cool and so different than the way I write, have written in the past. He, we were here like, what, what's the vibe you want for this song? So he would build a track we're sitting in the studio. We did everything in studio. Build the track, and then it would be. He would just like hit it on replay, replay. and so we would just be vibing and be like, "All right, well, I like this th lyric, and I like this lyric, and let's put it all together." And then we would just start singing melodies and write it as it's we. It's almost went. like musical improvisation. Yeah, it was amazing. That's so cool. And then we put it down. Everything was recorded in those three or four days in LA, and I haven't been back to do anything else. 
Wow. Yeah, I was like, I hope my voice doesn't crap out halfway through. What would I do? <laughs> so, well, the song I heard sounds beautiful, yeah, thank and you. you're happy with it. Yes, that was the song Obsessed. That was written um, on my last EP. Kelly and I were so happy. We had just got married in 2000. Uh, well, yeah, we had just got married in 2013, and it was like I was writing this album, but it was ended up being super angsty. The whole mm. album, <laughs> like, and I was like, "There's no." Everyone was like, "Where's the love song? You're married. It's so amazing." I was like, "I know, but I like angst. It's so fun." And um, and so on this album, obsessed. I was like, "We have to write a song about Kelly. This is it." Oh, that's it's, about it's, her. So obsessed is all about her. It's about oh, you know, like sort of Kelly smiling, and mm-hmm. and it has like this sort of Janet Jackson throwback vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it feels very Janet, like nineties yeah, Janet, totally. Um, but with a and that's such a happy edge. that um. Everywhere I go, like yes, that's such, got such that a happy song. That is my song. jam. I love yeah. that song. I love that yeah. song too. So that that's sort of where we went with with obsessed. Who who are your uh, musical inspirations? I'm sort of across, like sort of spread out. Um, I'm obsessed with. Sarah Bareilles, mm. she is literally the per. I would love to write. Like I love her. her so much. I love her. I mean, she really has. Not only do I love the, her her voice and and how she performs her music, but I love her 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 songwriting. She's so good, and she really writes mostly alone. Yeah, and I love that. And she wrote a musical. I mean, like she can do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she can really do anything. And then I I really really love Pink. Me and I too. Love, and I oh, love you're naming all my favorites. I think she's just over the, the top. I sometimes incredible. forget how amazing Pink is. Like I won't think about Pink for a few months, mm-hmm. and then I'll hear one of her songs or see like yeah. that video of her descending from the ceiling <sighs> right. on a sheet and yeah. spinning while she's singing yeah. and I'm wet, like soaking sh- wet. why isn't she like the biggest star in the world I feel like she is in my she's mind for big. sure she's bi- she's huge she's but major. I feel like she is iconic in the way that like Madonna and Gaga yes. and Cher like she's she's up there for yes, me yes for sure that's amazing Kelly in the time remaining we're going to play everyone's favorite game ask me no questions <laughs> Everyone's always shocked when they hear the jingle. <laughs> Who is your least favorite lesbian? Uh, oh, my least favorite <laughs> lesbian? <laughs> um, oh, no, I didn't know this. I was. always ask this. I ask trans people, who's your oh. least favorite trans person? It's always uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Who's your least favorite lesbian? Okay. <laughs> she, she will totally get this, but Leah Delaria. <laughs> Interesting. Why Leah? You know She's her, right? She's a friend right? of mine, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm saying that because it's safe. <laughs> yeah. And because she is a, a bitch. She's, she likes to be hated. It's fine. Yeah. Who's the best guest you and Kelly have had on I Love My Wife? Sharon Glass. Oh, I just heard that. I just yeah. was listening to your best of. She seems like very fun and down she's to earth. She's amazing. She's a good friend of ours also, but she's just so kind and open and warm. And she's done so much for, for women and for, for gay, the gay community and, you know, repping strong, powerful women on TV. And I love her. And the fact that she came in and did our show. And we also have a big announcement. We have Melissa Etheridge. Shut up. Yes. We're no taping way. it in L.A. And we're going to... Yeah, it's going to air the end I'm of I'm so jealous. January. And she, I'm sure, is a musical influence to yeah. you as yes. well. Yes, and her wife, Linda Wallum, who I love also. We both are very fond of both of them, and so they're going to bo- both be on our podcast. When will that be airing on the I Love My Wife podcast? Um, so people can tune in. I can't remember. Um, it's, Soon. Kelly will tell us. Um, <laughs> That's really cool. I, are you going to be nervous? I'm very nervous when I interview like people that have meant a lot to no, me. No, I don't think I will be nervous like because me. we've spent like time. my sister Anna. <laughs> I'm so nervous interviewing her. We've spent time with her, and also she is. Um, we're going to her house to oh. do it. Oh my oh. goodness! Yeah. So have um, you met her before? Yes. You know mm-hmm. everyone. Well, you guys are such movers and shakers. <laughs> One night we spent at Don't Tell Mama with Melissa and Linda, like completely wasted. And they were like, everyone was like, get Melissa to sing, get Melissa to sing. You know, Don't Tell Mama, piano bar where I worked yeah. for years. And she was like, um, and I said, well, I, I can't get her to sing. She won't sing. And she was like, I'll sing if you sing. And I was so drunk. I'm going to be real honest. Please. And I had literally worked in piano bar for like 12 years. And I got up and I was like, I said, I'll sing the Little Mermaid song. I know that. And so I was like, look at this stuff. What are the words? Literally, like I was. That's a hard done. song to remember the words to. No, no, no. But if you've sung it one million times, it's not that hard. Um, uh, so, yeah. So um, I could not sing it. And finally, she was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and sing because you can't remember any words. And I was like, can I play tambourine? And I played tambourine on my boob the entire, right? The entire time Did that she, she sang. Did she finish the song or did she sing one of her own songs? 
she sang one of her own songs. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. She did not finish the Little Mermaid song. No, she did not. Wow. Oh, however, it would have been amazing if she did. Look at this stuff. <laughs> All right, F. Mary Kill. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Portia de Rossi, Sarah Gilbert, Tignataro. Okay, definitely kill Sarah Gilbert. Why? Mary Portia de Rossi. Oh no. Uh, F. Portia de Rossi. Yeah. And Mary. Mary Tig. Yeah. Why would you kill Sarah? Mm. Really? She rubs you wrong. Yeah. Maybe she's your least favorite lesbian. Potentially. Wow. But that's not safe. I was going to, but if you if I have to choose, I'm going to kill somebody. I'll yeah. kill her. What's your tea with Sarah? No tea. No tea. I love her. She's fine. Wow. Um, not who I expected, but I, I think like def- well, I would definitely fuck Portia de Rossi. Wow. Tig, Tig seems like she'd be good to marry. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, settle down. And the career's on an upswing. Right. Um, what is your signature dish? Um, Something that you cook that everyone uh, loves. Fried shrimp. Mm, everyone yeah. loves it. <laughs> I'm a vegan, so that sounds oh, vile to me. <laughs> chili, chili. Yeah, the kids love Bean it. Bean chili. Uh, Vivi doesn't love it, but Blake <clears> loves <throat> it. Wow. How mm-hmm. old are your kids? Um. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, um, 16, 19, 21, and 23. Oh God, you have so many. Yeah, yeah and I know. You, you look <laughs> like... I'm a step-parent. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, you look like you're like 35. <laughs> We're grandparents, so. by the way, also. Wow. Mm-hmm. Name a lesbian stereotype which... <laughs> With which you absolutely do not identify. Handy at home. <laughs> I can't fix anything. Can Kelly? Yes. Thank God. Although we also do this thing called rent a husband. Um, in our town, you can just call this guy. Like our tree was really big, our Christmas tree, and we were like, we can't get this out of the house. So we called the rent a husband, and he got it out. Anna's husband would be great at that. Yes. He's a, like Mr. Fix It, and he's unemployed right now. Unemployed. Oh my gosh, it's a great. You can it's rent a great him. job. He's big. He's strong. We would have called things. you. He's Anna, got a truck. I'll let you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he'd be a good rent a husband. Um, so you're not handy. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, mine is. I have no uh, fashion sense, <laughs> and I'm not particularly good at decorating. Oh, okay. But the rest of the stereotypes, I think I have. Okay. <laughs> Who is the greatest singer of all time? Barbara Streisand. Yes. Yes. I for agree. sure. The greatest. I yes, agree. queen. And you're 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 not you don't you're not a Streisand impersonator but your style is is kind of broadway it's kind of i would say that she she and whitney houston were my number my top two uh influences my top two favorite singers as a child yeah and they certainly colored everything i sing and every how i do it well both of them when they sing there's a real joy to it and Mm -hmm. you can tell how much they loved using i I mean loved for whitney love for Uh barbara they love using their instrument and i feel like that's how you sound too you sound like you're really enjoying oh thank you making the sound I do. I do. It's a um, good job. <laughs> what has been the most thrilling night of your life? Uh, the night I married my wife. Oh, good answer. Yeah, it really but was. But for real. It was. <laughs> what was the uh, real? Okay, the other one was performing with Cindy Lauper at the Beacon Theater oh in Home for yes. the Holidays. And I got to do an original song. And then I got to sing Girls Just Want to Have Fun with Cindy Lauper and Boy George. And that oh was my God. amazing. I mean, that mind was blown. like, as far as career goes, that was amazing. But the best night was getting married. That was amazing. Your life is so much better than mine <laughs> in every way. I don't know. That's true. Yet to come. Yeah, I think mine was maybe opening for Roseanne back before she That's was amazing. a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of throwing. That's huge. But now it's colored by the fact that she's such yeah. an awful person. She is awful. Um, what? <laughs> as is Sarah Gilbert. No, I don't. I just don't like her face. I have no problem with her as a person. I just don't want it. She I just has a punchable face. I couldn't marry her or. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So you I have, have to, to kill, kill her. her. There's there's no, to I have no how the game goes. What is your wish for 2019? My wish for 2019 is that um, I I hope our 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 kids are healthy and uh, happy, and that um, Kelly and our my careers continue to grow as we as we want them to and her travel company and and my music and that we are able to uh balance all of that at the same time and still focus on family and our work so it's not for sarah gilbert to die no i don't want her to die <laughs> that's what, those are you all great no wishes. i know i know those are great wishes i wish all those things for you as well and i thank i thank you. you so much for 
coming here, plug everything. Plug the podcast, plug the album. Okay. T- tell everyone what they the need to know. The podcast is I Love My Wife podcast. It is on the Derek and Amin, um studios. Uh, you can find it on our website, I Love My Wife podcast.com, And you can find us on iTunes and anywhere you stream stuff. My album is called Made Out of Stars. It is on iTunes. It is on Spotify, SoundCloud. I don't care if you buy it, stream it. It's really good to stream too. It helps numbers. And um, I just want people to hear the music and um, and dance and have fun with it. So. And you've got gigs coming up, yes? I do, yes. Um, so uh, I have New York City, Joe's Pub, January 26th, EP release. Such there, a great space. There are three, four seats left. So yeah, because <laughs> you fast. always sell out Joe's Pub. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I love that. And then I'm in London at Crazy Cox on April 3rd and 4th. <laughs> Crazy Cox? Yes. C-O-C-K-S? C-O-Q-S. There you go. And you would love that. And Boston at the Haymarket Lounge at City Winery on May 9th. And Steele, you are delightful. Thank you so much for thank being you. here. Anna Sank Hazelman, thank you for being here. Thanks for having Have me Have a again. great week, bitches. Tune in next week to a brand new episode.